Hey there, I am Dr. Jerry, and you are listening to Hear the Word. And this is episode 58, and it's the Feast of the Holy Family. But I also want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, because you might be listening to this right before, right after Christmas. And of course, we believe the Christmas season is just beginning on the 25th, not ending. So uh, we look forward to a, a time of celebration. And in this episode of Hear the Word, I'm going to walk through a guided meditation to help you attend to the parts of you that are wounded, that are maybe sad or lonely or hurting. And that may seem like a strange thing, right? We're at a time of celebration. This is Christmas. We've had Thanksgiving. We're about to have New Year's. We're all excited for a new 2021. Why am I bringing up sad parts and lonely parts and wounded parts? Well, because sometimes those are important parts that will show up during the holiday season in down moments. And I believe it's a very healthy thing to sit with those parts and attend to them. So I want to kind of help you to do that. And I also want to help you to bring God to those parts. I'm going to encourage you after this um, to uh, go on over to Be With The Word. I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Laura um, Cusimano, who is a, a clinical psychologist, a graduate of Divine Mercy University, who actually shares her story of having an eating disorder and how she uh, then later became a psychologist who helps people with eating disorders. And how that's relevant to our talk is that food is one of the many ways, especially over the holidays, that we can use, that we may use to soothe our, our pain or to better yet to numb or to avoid or distract ourselves from our pain. So rather than doing that, we want to be able to celebrate and enjoy food, but we also want to, rather than numb our pain, attend to it and bring healing and love. All right, well, let's begin. As, and what I will do is I'll start with the guided meditation and then it will lead in to me reading the Sunday readings for the Feast of the Holy Family. And hopefully you will see uh, the connection as, as we go as well. So as usual, what I ask you to do is, if possible, get into a comfortable place. Um, you can be lying down, uh, you could even be driving, but what is best is to be able to sit down, find a relatively quiet place, <sighs> be comfortable, but have our feet on the ground, comfortable, take that deep breath from the diaphragm, from the, from the gut, basically. Feel our whole chest lift up. And as we breathe in, we say, Lord Jesus Christ, and then as we slowly breathe out, we say, have mercy on me. We may need to do that more than once. If we can, we just allow our shoulders to just gently kind of pull back a little as we improve our posture and as our body, our chest sort of lifts up and our shoulders go back. And that gives us a lot of room for all that wonderful air to come in. 
And so we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we come to you during this holiday time. And we begin with a spirit of gratitude, thankfulness. We thank you for the good things that we enjoy. That might be our health, might be family members, friends, might be material wealth, might just be something very simple, might be um, a quiet day, might be a pet, might be the beautiful air outside and the sunshine, but whatever it is, all the things we're grateful for. And during this time of celebration and joy, we want to make some room. We just want to have a little space for our parts that are sad or perhaps lonely. Some parts may feel abandoned or grieving. And we want to make a little space for them that we're not going to ignore them. We're going to approach them with kindness today. We're going to notice whether we have other parts of our personality or instincts that are impatient with that. That see woundedness as weakness. Want to just move on. Or just get over it. We're going to Resist that for a moment. We're just going to ask for a little space away from those judgments. We're going to reassure our system, ourselves, that our goal here is not to just wallow or stay in, in sadness or hurt. No, our goal here is to acknowledge and care for and ultimately uplift and encourage and bring healing. So we take a deep breath. And we're going to open ourselves to the possibility that these wounded and sad parts and lonely parts have qualities too. They may be sensitive tender, but they're open and seeking connection. They might even be playful, creative. They may seem like children, but unfortunately we may have just sort of locked them away and said, hey, we've got to put on a good show. We need to look good. We can't embarrass ourselves, our parents, or, or others. We may have learned this from our families. We may have learned rules about emotions. You know, that we, we can't express them. And we always have to have good ones, not any of the negative ones. 
And so I'd invite you to just avoid the temptation to just stay positive. Because I think all those judgments in the past may have led to some resentments even inside of ourselves that led to angry feelings and and maybe feelings that got labeled selfish or greedy. Those got buried away and then later kind of exploded in some way and caused a problem and so then we bury them and push them away all the more. So let's acknowledge that we're sometimes afraid of these parts. They may bring us shame or make us feel like we're needy. Realize sometimes we're so desperate for attention or love that we make unhealthy choices. And so we're just going to acknowledge that. We're going to acknowledge that these parts are, are sometimes messy and sometimes cause us to be afraid. But as we said earlier, we're just going to give them a little space to see them differently. To see them as children. Beautiful children. We're looking for approval. For need, the need to know that they're, they're loved and valued. Well, let us recognize that these, these parts, like all of our parts and ourselves and our whole system, these parts, though, are loved by God. And perhaps not just the regular love of God, right? In some sense, God is like the sun and his love is like the rays of the sun. They're warm and bright and they just shine everywhere because God is love, <laughs> right? And God's love just shines everywhere on everyone. And although that's true, or I believe it to be true, God also has a yearning, right? A love that is providential caring and therefore it's a willed movement it's a willed act on the part of God to connect with each one of us and that yearning that desire is for even these hurting parts these children and that love is as pure I would say even more pure than a loving parent's love for a hurting child. Perhaps we can take a moment now and just allow ourselves permission to receive that love. Maybe our whole system, but especially during this meditation, these hurting parts, whatever, whichever ones are appearing today for you. Maybe it's only one. 
Maybe it's a whole little group. <laughs> oh, but that divine yearning is something that every little child is dreaming of, is needing, can bask in. And the fact that he yearns for us and loves us in our imperfections is a powerful gift. We don't have to be perfect for him to love us. And it's a strange thing, right? That God would be urged or moved toward us. Because in some ways, God is both above all movement and immobile, like he's God. He's transcendent. And yet St. Gregory of Nyssa says, this is the most marvelous thing of all, how the same thing is both standing still and moving. And also that God desires our free movement toward him. Then it becomes a relationship, connection. He stirring within us and he stirs it. He's moved and he moves it. It's amazing to think of God as being enticed away from his transcendent dwelling place to come and abide with us. And of course, the most loving and fullest way that that is, has been expressed in history is in the Incarnation, where God has literally becomes man in the second person of the Trinity and Jesus in order to bring love, in order to bring his presence, in order to bring reconciliation to all of us. And so let's move. As we hold that, hopefully we hold that in our hearts. Right? Knowing that even Our Lady had hurting parts, literally as we'll read, the sword of Sim, as a sword will pierce her heart as Simeon foretells and as she experienced in the crucifixion. And we will be able to rest and with this, with this knowledge, but more than knowledge, this sense of God's deep love, his goodness and his deep yearning for us. And so as we hold that in our hearts, let us hear the readings for the Feast of the Holy Family. The first reading is from the book of Sirach. God sets a father in honor over his children. A mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he is heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. 
Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children, and when he prays is heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. My son, take care of your father when he is old. Grieve him not as long as he lives, even if his mind fail. Be considerate of him. Revile him not all the days of his life. Kindness to a father will not be forgotten, firmly planted against the debt of your sins, a house raised in justice to you. The Responsorial Psalm is from Psalm 128. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. For you shall eat the fruit of your handiwork. Blessed shall be you and favored. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home your children like olive plants around your table. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Behold, thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. The second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if one has a grievance against another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these put on love, that is, the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ control your hearts, the peace into which you were also called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as in all wisdom you teach and admonish one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands, as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may not, so they may not become discouraged. The Gospel of St. Luke. 
chapter 2. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And so there we have our readings and the meditation. I hope that was helpful for you and that you were able to connect with God's love even in those more difficult places. I would encourage you to come join me, be with the word, and if you haven't already, Go to soulsandhearts.com and sign up for our weekly updates. And you can hear about our other podcasts and the Resilient Catholic Community and other blogs and all kinds of things we have going on. I wish you a very Merry Christmas, a very blessed New Year. And until next time, be still, believe, be loved. Take good care.